Sarah May, and this is an episode that's kind of a continuation of a previous episode, and it's about uh, stopping your negative thoughts. So this is more of a tactical, step-by-step method to use when you are in the throes of this pattern of negative thinking that you might call yourself. You might think it's just who you are. You might think it's completely a rational and natural reaction that you should be having to a situation. So I'm going to go through three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Um, But first I wanted to thank Peachy Keen Marie, that's a funny name, for um, writing me the nicest review ever. It like really made my day. It totally made me cry. I love that it was my best friend in my pocket. So thank you. I was on iTunes. It made me very happy. And um, for anyone that hasn't reviewed me, I would love it. It would make me so happy. Please do so. Um, And if you haven't, enter the Headspace contest for a year's worth of meditation. And that's on the teaspoonofhappy.com site. So on to the episode. So what are negative thoughts? Well, it's not actually you. It's just like a, a bad computer framework. And it's operating through you. And it's being fed by a chemical addiction. So you are used to these chemicals, like you've just grown really used to it because of just habit. And because of that, your brain wants to repeat it. And so it's like just trained into you. It's a way of being and it's muscle memory, but it's in your brain. So based on your old experiences, it's kind of like a, a river that wants to flow down the the path of re- least resistance. So in this case, the negative thoughts are the lowest path down the mountain. So your fo- your thoughts will follow this existing trained-in current. So here's kind of the breakdown of how a negative thought works. It shows up in your mind based on this routine, and that acts as a trigger for your emotions to release lots of chemicals. Like your feelings are, are based on immediate communication to your body to release least specific chemicals. So sometimes it's simultaneous, sometimes it's immediately afterwards, but your body will feel the results of the thought as though you have lived it. So chemicals will flow through your body. If you have thought of something very, very negative, it will also shut down your immune system for an hour plus, like it compromises your immune system. So if it's really stressful, it'll also really uh, hurt your metabolism and your ability to digest food. So it'll slow down your metabolism. It'll make your body basically like freeze up and send all of your blood to your extremities so you can run. Hence the heart racing upsetness that makes you feel, you know, upset or hot and bothered or like your temperature is rising. So the more often you have these thoughts, the stronger the habit becomes. In other words, you have been training in the path to the river with just repetition. So it's like pushing water down the same uh, little canal. And as a result of that, you will now perceive and look for this thought in your everyday life. So it becomes the lens by which you see things. So if you are thinking of mean people who hate you all the time, 
or you are thinking negative things about yourself and that you you think other people perceive you as a, a negative person, then you will start to actually see it because your mindset is looking for it now. Um, so when you're looking for this thing, you find it. That's just the nature of looking for things. Like if you're looking for, uh, like punch buggy, you're looking for bugs, you will see bugs. And it's not that they just suddenly existed. It's that they were always there and you are the one that's filtering it. So it's totally unconscious. Negative think, negative thoughts, negative thinking is totally an unconscious habit. And if you are falling into this habit unconsciously, that is also the key to undoing them. It's basically you have to become conscious of it. That's the only step you need to take. Consciousness. Which brings me to the part two, which is why. The pain body. That's actually what Eckhart Tolle calls it, but basically I think of it as negative muscle memory. It's your whole life experience up to now, all of the major um, holes or voids or bruises from your mostly your childhood, but your young adulthood as well, and how those canals have widened. And as you uh, grow up, your kind of most foundational most pivotal, most impactful experiences that um, scare you or upset you or change your feelings of uh, safety and how you view the world, those will kind of set up your framework for your particular negative muscle memory. Like your, your initial canals will be set up by this. And those life experiences are not the sum of your life, but are, they're the ones that kind of created the biggest grooves, the biggest impact. And then because of thought habits, they kind of become reinforced. So they can also be reinforced by your literal environment. So it's, it's circumstantial, but it's also um, how you are affected by these circumstantial factors. So certain people are more resilient than others. They can grow up in the same place with the same things happening and they won't be uh, affected in the same ways. They won't create the same thought patterns from their childhood. So in this description, I'm just going to go through kind of the three Buddhist psychological types so that you can take step one in this process, which is to examine your past and figure out your type just to understand what kinds of negative thought part patterns come about in you. Um, so here we go. The three psychological types are the grasping or fear type, the rejecting or anger type, and the adrift or denial type. So if you are a grasping or fear type, there's just never enough. You need more. Um, and when you are feeling scared or upset or insecure, It'll always be about not having enough money, food, security, status, sex, love, inner peace. And when you're depressed, you're probably going to be anxious. And that's because you lack serotonin. Um, so you'll have just, if this is going to be you, the basic set of adjectives that might apply to you. When you're in your negative thought patterns, insecurity, fear and anxiety, difficulty letting go, always a sense of scarcity, envy and greed, 
seeking to fill a void um, and the feeling that there's never enough. That's the first type. Second type, the, the rejecting or anger type. That your summation is that whatever you have is not good enough. And so your reaction to fear or, or negative thought patterns will be basically to push everybody away. That, that's your reaction is to like say you don't want it, you don't need it. Um, and you choose to just detach. So when you are uh, in the most negative thought pattern, you will be seeing everything in the world as problematic and you take everything personally. So you have um, a sense that it's against you, even if it's the shortcomings of somebody else or just a random situation that cannot be prevented. So if you are this type, just some random uh, adjectives that might apply to you, tendency to push away, be judgmental, feeling that nothing is right, anger, hatred, and you're critical or even destructive of others and yourself around you. Um, and the last is the adrift or denial type. So that's the personality type that has a dynamic of fear or pain that's, there's no point in getting upset, so you just numb yourself. You just shut off. You disconnect from all painful feelings. So if you have a if you have like a very uh, a painful weakness or um, situation where you're going through kind of a negative thought pattern, you will tend to allow bad things to get too bad because you have become so detached to your feelings of anger and sorrow. So you will um, likely just appear melancholy or uh, maybe you'll just appear, appear very flaky and airheaded. So some of the, I guess, adjectives that would apply to you, denial, a lack of clarity, uh, apathy, sluggishness, and you just appear to be asleep, just totally down. So you might have a combination of two of these or maybe three of these, but just give it some thought. What is your go-to stat? status like when you are in a negative thought pattern is it usually you are angry or do you feel like you just shut down or do you just immediately judge others really harshly and um if you're interested in reading more about these i'm going to post my reading references on in the blog version of this post so the voice in our muscle memory of our negative thinking will be kind of uh specific to our fear and also our pain. It'll be an expression of those two things, how those things have impacted us and how they continue within us. And the voice that, that has those thoughts in our thought patterns will be blaming, accusing, complaining, worrying, but negative in a, a very specific type of voice. It's like an a nagging kind of, it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like your voice. It sounds like a kind of a, a seedier and also much more immature version of you because often it's from an old, old, old framework. Like it, it'll be the voice of somebody very, very young and their analysis of a situation. So very uh, overly simplified and judgmental 
like a child would be. Like the emotions themselves are the feelings of a child, and therefore they don't have the layers that your adult mind has. Like your adult mind can completely be objective, can step outside of a situation, can choose to see it from another vantage point um, and rise above versus a child. Uh, an emotion is very powerful, it's very basic, and it's very uh, one-dimensional. And it's needy, and it's uh, temp- like it has a temper, and it needs has very harsh needs and wants. Throws tantrums. It's very uh, you cannot rationalize with it. So keep in mind that you are looking for that tone of voice in yourself. That's the the style of speech that this thought pattern will have. Which brings me to part three, which is the how the tools. So I'm going to be talking about how to make your way around the negative thinking patterns when you're in the throes of them. Because often those negative thoughts will take the wheel of your emotions like immediately and then pilot your body and basically control your actions against your will. So when you think of something, it's often instant and like the chemical gush happens immediately. And that could be when you're imagining something or remembering something or anticipating something or reacting to something. And it can also be something that hasn't happened in reality at all. You're still experiencing the actual results of that because you are activating the same chemicals. So for example, if you ever fantasize about winning an argument and being right and watching somebody else suffer because they were wrong, like you're feeling the emotions, you're feeling them already in just the vivid imagination of that scenario, even though it doesn't exist. So keep that in mind. Then anytime you catch yourself daydreaming about random, terrible things, like don't put yourself physically through that because you're actually slowing down your metabolism. You're also like reinforcing kind of negative canals. Um, so without further ado, these are the tools and there are three of them. And they're kind of to help you in the moment of very common negative thought patterns. And it's to use as they begin to autoplay and take control of your brain and your body. Um, and the key is to become conscious. This is because this is unconscious as a pattern, you have to become conscious to re- and basically remember that you have a decision to change it before your emotions kind of flood you even further. Because the sooner you can change it and just redirect your attention, the faster you can alleviate your body of feeling those chemicals that are going to be coursing through your veins. So tool number one is um, called little kid baggage. So just picture like colorful little tiny suitcases. And uh, it's a visualization tool more than anything, but it's, as little kids, we all have kind of overwhelming pain and everything feels very dramatic and they hit us in very uh, powerful ways even though those things are not that scary when we were little they feel very overwhelming and scary so for example if you are going to a new school it's like completely paralyzing terror like as a child your heart rate is is going so high you feel so vulnerable and terrified Um, and so when you are emotionally triggered in kind of a, a long train of negative thoughts you, I want you to imagine yourself in the moment like you have been sucked into the first day of kindergarten, like a time warp, and you're suddenly a five-year-old again. And I want you to listen to your thinking for those old, old, old emotions. Like, is it an old, tiny voice that's talking in your thoughts? 
like picture where your emotion, emotional kind of emotion muscle memory is coming from. Like what age does this reaction feel like? Is it kind of really big and overwhelmingly kind of simple and basic? Does it feel like it's the sadness or the tantrum or the anger of a child? Does it feel very childlike? Because as an adult, your emotions are not very overwhelming or hard to understand. They're very nuanced. And as a child, they are incredibly simple and childlike, but they're, they're based on very, very primal needs. Things like, I want you to take care of me. I need you to be nice to me. I want to be seen. I want to be loved unconditionally. Those are the, the wants and needs of a child. So if you are triggered into an overwhelming negative thought pattern, like for example, let's say you are triggered in a in negative thought spiral by a fight you have with a significant other, um, your thoughts might appear in the form of your foundational negative framework. I need, why don't you love me enough? Like that is a common one. How come you don't understand me? How come you won't be nice to me? How come you don't want me to be happy? Those are all very uh, primal and childlike pains. And that is not related to today. And you have to remember that so that you can become conscious of this kind of autoplay scenario that's happening. And then remember you can choose to step back from it. And you can choose to redirect your attention and just skip it. It'll be very powerful. It'll be very chemical. But once you start practicing shifting your focus and stepping back from it, becoming aware that this is an optional feeling to have. It is not based on this person currently. It is based on a childhood lack, a fear of lack. Then you can actually maneuver your way out of it and just completely force yourself again and again, refocus your, your focus and your energy toward something current, something unrelated to this thing. Remind yourself, this is old. I have a choice to step back from this. So emotional little kid baggage, tiny suitcases. Remember yourself in kindergarten. Um, that's tool number one. Tool number two is called pattern parties. And this is just a visualization tool because often our negative thought patterns are activated by triggers that are other people, that are our environments, but also specifically the people in those environments. And this is a way for you to begin to start recognizing how they're being activated in you so that you can choose to redirect them. So pattern party is like, basically find the settings that you find yourself speaking or thinking negative things and, and try and diagnose, are there particular people who are bringing it out in you? Because often we become, we get these patterns, these grooves with people we know, and then we'll get really comfortable following them and it's, it'll be really hard for us to break out of them because those other people really want to do them with us. So it's like if you have a friend that complains compulsively, you will start complaining more. So the main thing is to make it a goal ahead of time to notice this, become conscious of it, and then when it starts to occur, you can start to redirect the conversation via distraction. 
So you can jump out of it. This is this is the harder part of it. The, the most important part is awareness, but it is really important to follow through with redirection. And I, I like to think of it kind of like uh, a big restart button that you're going to hit, and it causes everything to jump. Like and everything in the room goes up in the air and then lands in a diff different position. How? Basically by sudden and unexpected redirection. Like conversationally, you're going to be doing things like, look over there, but it's going to be in topic. So you have to think, choose things that are like new and positive that you can both focus on together. And you have to start that. You have to push them like to keep them running down this new path. So they'll start to want to return to the old topic because that's what they're comfortable with. But you have to keep redirecting it. And things like, oh, man, did I tell you that great thing? Did I tell you about that new thing that I bought that I love? Oh, it's so good. Da, 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 da. Like, keep it going. And if they keep trying to go back to the old topic, then you have to resort to literally leaving the room. Like, oh, crap, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm late for a meeting. And then leave the room. And that can be a little weird at first. But, like, once you do, you get in the habit of it and you know you're comfortable doing it, like, you... It's not like lying, it's much more like taking care of yourself. So pattern parties, notice them, redirect to them, just jump everybody in the air and reset everybody back down again. And with time, you will set the new conversation habits. And at most, you will be spending less time with those people. And the, the most important part is that you are not remaining in those habits because it's hurting you it's also increasing that likelihood in you to go to the negative it's not worth it and if you have to keep kind of abiding this person's script just keep it in as measured and tiny increments as possible and kind of keep yourself soothed and separate like i re recommend focusing on the sound of your breathing and not engaging just not you almost have to be like a a passive listener that's just there but is completely neutral and soothing yourself in the process okay tool number three this is a silly name <laughs> stop step back and roll just like the fire thing stop drop and roll only step back and roll so this is in the moment just like an emergency stop drop and roll you're gonna stop step back and roll if you get upset like if you have uh, a burning fire in your head like you're you're starting to get angry you're starting to turn into a negative thought pattern immediately stop step back and roll around on the ground like basically like roll your attention somewhere totally different redirect your thoughts the thoughts that are trying to take hold of your mind just get them off of you so in the moment of a negative thought no matter what it is no matter how powerful it is you can stop immediately and remove yourself from that situation remove yourself from the setting if you can and just step back as though your mind was a stage and remind yourself you are watching your thoughts you objectively have a choice to change them so this is your muscle memory speaking you just have to remember that and step back and watch kind of this autoplay that's happening and remind yourself of your own power to change course and not go down this autoplay. You can choose a different tape to play. You can actually look at something else to focus on. But in the moment, it's all about stopping, stepping back, and redirecting your attention to something neutral or positive. And 
you you completely can activate the soothing chemicals, the rational chemicals to come about. It's just about forcing yourself again and again to redirect toward this positive thing. Your muscle memory will tell you that you're not supposed to let go of the negative feeling and that it must be honored, that it's real, that it's a natural reaction, but it is not. It is a bad habit and it's completely optional. You get to decide. So just remember that, step back and observe your thoughts, all of those kind of like chattery, needy, but they shouldn't have an I, how dare they? And I have a right to like all that stuff, just watch it. And then remind yourself like, no, this is a waste of my time. When you are rational, you know you don't want to give a shit about the little stuff, the stupid stuff. You know you don't want little unhappy people to get under your skin. You can actually choose for them not to. You know your spouse loves you and doesn't want to hurt you. You know that you don't care about what a stranger on the street thinks. It's just in the moment when the autoplay begins and the chemicals flood you that you have to remind yourself of that fact and then redirect your thoughts. Keep looking at the new thing. Get out of the environment. Soothe the chemicals. Don't honor those thoughts. Because it's that obsessive replay that's going to solidify it again and again. You know that that's a waste of your valuable energy. It's your life. You don't want to waste it on negative, hurtful, painful thoughts. And you never have to honor it. You can just skip it. It, it might seem like it's impossible in certain circumstances, but once you, you get in the habit of doing it, so I guess once you have a command of doing it in like kind of a smaller scale, it'll get easier and easier to do it in even the biggest instances. Um, and that means including when you are emotionally triggered. And that sometimes will take a little bit more consistent refocusing. Like if you are about to cry, like you're in a fight with your significant other and you're like tears are starting to roll, you can just remove yourself from the situation, like excuse yourself to the bathroom, and then remind yourself like, okay, done with that. I don't want to go there. Like that's, I know objectively that this is probably me being irrational. It's like the thought pattern. And then you could just reset it. Um, and it'll get easier and easier with practice. So for example, one of my autoplay triggers is when I feel people don't want to listen to the rest of my story. And the last time that happened is when I was talking about a foster kid program I work with. And the topic was changed, and it was like a large, very happy group. And they jumped on the new topic because no one wanted to talk about the downer thing I was about to say. Because I tell that story all the time. So I immediately had the kind of old negative thought pattern that ignited that the associated emotions, which is the basically old kid-like feeling of like, why don't they want to listen to me? Why don't they care about what I think? But that's like kind of, that's a kid's feeling. I'm a, an adult that understands like, oh yeah, people are in a social mood and that's how conversations go. But like in the moment, if you step back from it and say like, no, 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 I, do, I choose not to go there. Like people, I understand why people would do this. Then you can redirect it immediately. It's almost like instantaneous now, at least for me. But it wasn't easy at first because it's like you part of you because it's a chemical addiction wants to go to the pain your your actual body is craving the chemical gush of the negative thought so it same goes for anger you're addicted to the chemical gush that it gives it's like an adrenaline thing 
So basically start to use yourself as a guinea pig and try out these powers of redirection. And you, you'll notice that you will, you'll realize that pain is something that like your body almost savors and, and like loves, like because of this chemical thing, you like want to cry, you want to feel bad, but it's just a bad habit. It's literally a chemical addiction, not you. It's not who you are, just a bad habit. You can always retrain it. Um, something you've grown used to. So it'll take some initial forceful redirection, but with practice, it gets easier. And if you continue to be intentional about redirecting the course of your thoughts, these all become untrained and basically flatten out your canals. So in other words, the triggers correct themselves. Um, and they're replaced by this new truth. Like you actually change your vision of reality which is the best part. You don't realize that that's going to be a result of this process when it's while you're going through it. But like once you start to intentionally retrain your negative thinking, you see the world as it is. You see people as loving, as trying their best. You see things as not that bad. Things get so much easier. You see potential, limitlessness, comfort, safety, balance, peace. It's don't you want that world instead? Yes. Um, I want to caveat that if you have severe PTSD, your wiring is very strong. Your negative thought habits are very, very uh, deep set in. So you need to attack this with kind of uh, deliberate soothing practices. That's a really important element of your treatment. You have to alleviate the overwhelming chemical gush of panic and terror and that means yoga breathing and do it like your life depends on it. Yoga combined with breathing exercises or just breathing exercises. Breathe like a mother. Yoga changed my life. So if you are doubting that this will work for you, it will completely work for you. You have to be militant about it. So if you suffer from anxiety, I strongly recommend you begin using breathing exercises in combination with a redirection to treat these patterns in particular, the triggers in particular. Um, so in closing, I, I want you to know that getting good at this is all about just becoming conscious. And that just means recognize it when it's happening, it, remembering that you can choose to redirect it and just being very consistent about changing the focus of your thoughts and your emotions. So the more you can see it in others, the better you will be able to notice it when it starts happening to you. So the last step I want you to take, no matter what, after listening to this, is just throughout your day, watch this autoplay start to take over the people around you. See what course kind of the tape is that their, their mind is just playing out. And you can actually take it apart. Like, you can see it. You can separate it from them, who they are, and this autoplay thing. And it's almost like a machine has taken hold of their body and just turned on. It's like the program is running. They might even say the same things again and again. I'm sure you don't even have to look for it. You can actually probably think of a thousand people that do this. But just start to be aware of how many people are doing it throughout your day today. Um, and then you will start to see it in yourself. Keep your eyes peeled because it's not you. And the best part about this is it's just about waking up again and again. And then you get closer to who you really are. Um, and you'll just build momentum and strength by doing so. So to recap, we went over what negative thought pat patterns are and how they work. 
we went over why they are what they are in our personalities, kind of the various psychological types we assume based on our pain management as a child. And we went through tools. There were three, little kid baggage, recognizing when your pain is a time warp to kindergarten and not relevant to today. Pattern parties, which is how to redirect patterns that are conjured in those around you. And stop, step back, and roll. Um, how to immediately stop and step back from a negative thought pattern that's autoplaying once you recognize it has begun. So I hope you enjoyed this, and if you did, please share it. And um, if you have a second, I would love an iTunes review because it would make me very, very happy. I love it. And um, as always, I'll post this on Teaspoon later this week in blog form. And also, hello, Giggles. And uh, I send you my love, vibes of positivity. And don't forget to smile. Bye.